Hey there, how are you? I hope you are having an amazing day or evening, depending of course when you are here. Today we are going to be talking with the amazing Keisha Graves and we're going to be talking about her business and how it's serving the disability community and some really amazing conversations. So stay with me. You are listening to the Career Talk Learn, Grow, Thrive podcast where we talk about all things career related. I tell you how it is and we get right to the point. I'm your host, Stephanie Dennis, and my background is in HR, which is what I have my master's degree in. Have you had a chance to check out the podcast-inspired merch and other funny designs? If not, or if you have, there are some new designs that I'll be posting very soon, so head over to careertalkswag.com to check that out. And before we get started, this is a good time to mention this podcast does contain adult language. I definitely want to thank you for taking the time to be here and be on the show. I really appreciate it. So why don't you introduce yourself a little bit about you, what your business is, and we'll go from there. I'm sure. So a little bit about me. My name is Keisha Graves. I'm 34 years old, and I am from Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I'm the founder of Girls Chronically Rock clothing brand, which I started in 2017 to help inspire and motivate people in the disability community. If you don't mind me asking, what was your background before you started your business? Um, Yeah, well, I actually always had a passion for fashion. I got my undergraduate degree from fashion design and merchandising. And prior to opening my business, I was working in the retail field, such as like Macy's Target and doing merchandising on projects for different um designers, such as like Tommy Hilfiger, Calvin Klein and traveling to different department stores. So I definitely enjoyed what I was doing. Amazing. I love Target. <laughs> yes, me too, right? It's so addicting. It's like, well, what am I doing? <laughs> it's the store where you walk in for like deodorant and then you're like, how did I spend $100? Like, literally, what just happened? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then they got Starbucks in there. It's like, <laughs> Yes. And of course, pre-pandemic, it was like, literally, it's like, I'm just going to go walk around Target for like an hour and now not so much. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, true. Just, just to browse. Awesome. So talk to me a little bit more about, you said you wanted to inspire and motivate people with disability. Talk to me a little bit more about your business. What's it about? What kind of communities is it serving? Things like that. Um, yeah, sure. So a little bit of background about me is that I was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy myself. So right now I do live with a disability. I live with muscular dystrophy. My type is called limb girdle muscular dystrophy. And I was diagnosed in 2010 when I was actually in graduate school receiving my master's degree where I started to get really weird symptoms within my body. And I honestly just it came out of nowhere. I would be repeatedly falling. My leg would give out on me and I was unable to get myself back up. So it was just so bizarre because it just kept on happening and I just kept brushing it off because I thought, oh, maybe. Maybe I need to lose some weight, exercise, no big deal. But my mom was like, you know, I think you need to go see a doctor. Let's go check it out because something's not right. So then we go to a neurologist and we just go straight to it. We got several testings done, EMG, EKG, MRI, muscle biopsy, which was very interesting because I was awake for that. Um, all they pretty much did was numb my leg. So from that muscle biopsy, that's when they determined I had muscular dystrophy. So, of course, after hearing that, it's kind of like, what does my future hold? You know, what's going to happen? Like, so I totally shut down with not telling any family and friends because I didn't know, you know, what the future holds. So I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, you know, slash business owner, be my own boss. So I'm a true believer in things happen for a reason. 
So then that's when I started Girls Chronically Raw because I figured why not kind of express my feelings in my journey of what I'm going through through my line. So my foundation is kind of like, you know, not just for people with muscular dystrophy, but all chronic illnesses slash disabilities, you know, whether it be lupus, MS, um, whatever it is, you know, because just kind of to show that support and my clothing line of T-shirts right now, like just kind of support inspirational quotes behind it, like of meaningful things that mean meaningful to me and to the disability community. But I plan to do so much more just beyond T-shirts for Girls Chronically Rock. I would love to create an adaptive clothing collection for people with disabilities. And I just plan to build um, Girls Chronically Rock into an empire. I love that. And when you talk about an adaptive clothing collection, for people who may not understand it, and I'm one of those people, what exactly does that mean? Sure. So for adaptive clothing collection, that means like something more accessible and functional for someone like myself with a disability getting dressed. So like, for instance, like yourself, an able-bodied person, like putting on a t-shirt, you know, it was probably like simple for you, but someone like myself that I have like weakness in the arms and shoulders and limbs, me trying to put on a t-shirt, it's kind of hard, you know, just getting the arm through the t-shirt and that's with personal care attending help. So just accessible adaptive clothing would be like kind of more functional where the shirt would be kind of cut in the back and it may have like mag- magnetic um, snaps where it's easy to snap. So that way I can just put my arms in the front way instead of trying to struggle putting it over my head and putting my arms through. So something like that, for instance, or even something with magnetic closures on the shoulders, you know, so it can snap on and off. So it can kind of give that more leisure room of putting it over our head. And Tommy Hilfiger, actually one of the designers who actually now has an adaptive clothing collection. So I'm pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited about that. I thought that was very awesome that he did that. That's amazing. I love that idea. And it's something that we don't all think about, right? If it's hard for us to think about things that we don't personally experience unless someone tells us. Um, So I love that, that you're able to explain that and that there's one designer doing it. uh, But obviously in the clothing world, we need many, many people doing things versus just one. So that's awesome. Is there certain things that you want to expand in in your line? As it relates to, of course, shirts, I would imagine there's other pieces of clothing. Is there anything that you're currently working on in terms of designs that you'd like to share uh, or pieces of clothing or ideas? Um, yeah, sure. So I kind of like, like pretty much express, you know, with like my journey and especially everything going on in the world now, especially with like the black protests and Black Lives Matter. Like I recently launched a new design of T-shirts called Black Lives Matter. And I also added um, Phenomenally Black unapologetically black. And then I also added one that I felt was very important to me, um, a black and disabled, black disabled lives matter. So I thought that was, you know, very important because I'm like, here I am as African-American, you know, and someone with a disability living in this world. So I'm like, you know, my life definitely, you know, matters. So I think that was important to put that on a t-shirt, you know, so I thought, and that seems to be selling really well. People really seem to like that. So, but yeah, I just try to think of like different ideas and different inspirational quotes I want to do on a t-shirt, but so t-shirts. And then I also have hats, beanie hats, baseball caps. I recently added some home decor pillows because I love like decor pillows. Like in my apartment, I have like so many throw pillows on my couch, on my bed. But I'll be to design some, you know, with like my logo. So I recently added those onto the website. And then I have some jewelry, just like cuff bracelets and silicone bracelets. I love all of that. And I love the new line. I think it's really, really important that we hear you know, people's stories, especially now, because I hear a lot of, you know, all Black Lives Matter. And then you hear about people who are part of that community. So Black Lives Matter. And then, you know, as you just shared, part of the uh, disability community, the trans community that, you know, the whole LGBTQ plus community. And I think it is really important to 
you know, hear those stories and help spread that message. Yeah, right. all Black Lives Matter. And there's so many different subsets, right, to to everyone. Yes, thank so, you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's amazing that you're helping get that message out there. This podcast, as I'm sure you know, a lot of people in the corporate world listen to. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, that transition going from working, you know, big companies, Target Macy's, those are huge organizations to starting your own business. Like, what was that like? You know, any sort of like learning lessons or takeaways, anything that comes to mind there? I'm sure. So even working, you know, because I used to do office work when I first um, was in college and, you know, working as an intern, working as an intern at Cambridge Savings Bank. So I definitely had like the experience of like all different fields of working inside the office. And the office was was fun. It was a nice experience. But I knew deep down every day when I went to work, I'm like the whole corporate office world wasn't for me because so I knew I always wanted to be, you know, my own business owner. So I started doing the merchandising, working in retail, you know, like as a sales associate at Eldo's, Vera Bradley, and then did the merchandising. I definitely enjoyed it. I love what I do going into the stores, having my own flexible schedule. But of course, I knew, you know, I wanted my own. And what really made me push and focus on my business even more was about two years ago, I was working for a company. I can't disclose the name yet because I actually have an MCAT case going against them because I felt like I was discriminated due to my disability when I asked for special accommodation. So that was pretty, you know, tough and, you know, to have to deal with that. And, you know, because there I am, you know, loving what I do and then to feel like I was discriminated and just prove my point as to why people with disabilities, we don't come out in front to kind of say like, oh yeah, I have this or things like that, which I was doing. So because of that, that has caused me to, you know, kind of look at it as a blessing in disguise is, you know, that's what made me really more focused on Girls Chronically Rockway, you know, revamping the whole website, you know, hiring people, um, more blogging and promoting my business and just trying to get the word out there. So it's like, I'm a true believer in, you know, some things happen for a reason. So yeah, that was a huge transition, but I must say like, I just love doing you know what I do working from home, you know, owning my own business because, you know, I'm still maybe like everyone now, honestly, during this pandemic, I feel is working from home, you know, with everything like how it transitions. So I'm sure everybody now has to adapt. Some people are saying like they felt like they get more work done working from home. Others are like, oh, I want to get back into the office and some of them like that interaction. And for me, I, I'm always like, I, I don't mind. I like being by myself. I like the peace and quiet. So it's like during this whole pandemic, it's like the social distancing for me, I guess, wasn't even really I guess that different. <laughs> so it was just kind of like, so yeah, I feel like everybody is kind of transitioning and, you know, so have I, but I feel like it's been a good transition. I love what I do it. And I just continue to want to focus on Girls Chronically Rock and to expand it. I love that. I am definitely one of those people who I get way more work done at home. I am what I claim to be <laughs> outgoing. <laughs> so I'm in the office, I'll chat, I want to talk to people. Yeah. And I just want to like, how's everyone doing? What's new? What's good? Like I want to have conversation. But when I need to kind of recharge my batteries, so to speak, I need to just be alone and just some quiet time. Yeah. So I always tell them like, it's better I work remote because if I came into your office, I would be like half of the but yeah, I do yeah. think it's getting a little stir crazy every now and again, trying to be at home, obviously, as much as possible, the pandemic and, you know, doing my part to yeah stay away from people. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it's hard. Yeah, I totally feel you. I'm with you 100%. I love working at home. So you brought up a good point. So you felt like you were discriminated against in your last position. And so 
I don't know exactly the phrase you said. I don't know exactly what that means, but I assume some sort of um, lawsuit. But either way, I think it can be good to know for people who aren't in the disability community, what can people who are not in that community do to help other people feel more comfortable or more uh, included in the workplace? Um, definitely just make them feel as normal as possible. It's like, yes, we are, you know, different. That's why sometimes I get torn because it's like, yes, we want to be considered equal. But it's like, you know, we do need our special accommodations. Like, for instance, for me working in the retail field where walking up and down the ladder and going to get back stuff from in the back room, that eventually became difficult for me, you know, because having muscular dystrophy, my feet are getting tired. It's the weakness pretty much all in the body. It's hard for me to raise my arm up to reach certain things from, you know, off the sales floor and different things like that. So, you know, those kind of things I was unable to do. So I knew eventually I had to tell my employers and others what were going on. But I would say definitely like the support, just like how everyone's support now with the whole Black Lives um, movement and just kind of like make us feel included. And, you know, if you have somebody that has a disability, like, for instance, my friends and family now, they are well aware that when going out to like a restaurant or travel, I have to make sure that the room is wheelchair accessible, you know, handicap accessible, make sure that the restaurant we're going to is wheelchair accessible. It has an elevator if it has stairs. So certain things like that, it's like I have to take that extra step to call ahead. And then I think just from doing that, my family and friends over time has definitely, you know, they've got so immune to it that now when we go out, they tell me like, oh yeah, I called in advance. I told them, you know, you're in a wheelchair. We need an open table in the places I'm wheelchair accessible. And that just like, you know, I'm like, appreciate that, you know, because I, I wouldn't expect that. I'm just so used to calling in advance and doing it on my own. But I think from just, you know, them observing and seeing what I have to deal with, they totally get it. And I appreciate them for that. So just kind of be observant and you know, be assistant, ask them if they need help, ask them if, you know, they're okay, how are they doing? And, you know, is there something you could do that, you know, because it's like, just those words alone would just come such a long way. Like, you never know. And the person could be like, say, in a a down mood, they could have just maybe had a fall, you know, and having a fall could be like a bad day. Because I know when I fall, I'm unable to get myself back up. That's why I have to wear my lifeline button, you know, to call in assistance so the fire department or EMTs can come in. You know, then my body's, you know, aching and tired. So, yeah, you never know when you can be asking a friend who may be having a disability or a mental illness, um, you know, depressed, like just asking, hey, you know, are you OK? What's up? You know, you, that you could be like just changing your whole mindset just right there. So just definitely, you know, just definitely reach out, be supportive and yeah, let them know that. You're there and they're there. You're there if you if you need them. Yeah, no, that's such a good point is just like asking like, hey, you okay? Or how's it going? I think just in general, like especially within, you know, the disability community, as you mentioned, I think in general too, I think we need more of that because I think so like so often people are going through things that we just don't have any idea about. And if we don't ask, like ask in a genuine way, right. like, I feel like sometimes people are like, hey, how's it going? Is it kind of like walking by? And it's like, oh, good. You, you know, we don't really have like a real yeah. conversation. <laughs> right. Asking each other in the hallway. But like, <laughs> sitting down and caring like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. yeah. For sure. So I guess the biggest thing as far as like your transition from working kind of corporate world to being an entrepreneur, because I know there's a lot of people who listen to this show who've reached out like, hey, Steph, like, how was that transition for you? And I haven't fully transitioned. So I still work full time. I was laid off due to COVID, but I still work full time in the HR space. And then obviously the podcast and my business on the side. So what do you think was maybe like your biggest challenge? And then what you would recommend for people who are looking to make that leap? Um, I would definitely say my biggest challenge was, you know, for me personally, you know, here I am living with a disability. And, you know, of course, I felt I wasn't 
included. You know, when I didn't, I felt like, you know, I wasn't getting accommodated from my last employer. And, you know, I'm like, what's going to happen? What's going on? You know, I need money. You know, obviously I have bills to pay. So all that, of course, is like on my brain. It's like, what do I do? So there I went looking for other jobs and different things like that. But I knew that's not exactly what I wanted to do. So I guess I definitely, you can say I took a leap of faith and, you know, I'm like, I'm solely going to focus on Girls Chronically Rock. Like, this is, I feel like I'm a true believer in things happen for a reason. I was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy for a reason. And this is my platform for me to share, you know, my journey and my personal story. And so I felt like, you know, that just gave me the confidence and inspiration to just kind of, you know, focus solely on Girls Chronically Rock. And I made that transition. And then I definitely would recommend like reaching out to the different support groups that are on social media. I feel like has definitely definitely help me along the way, like Boston Business Women, Women Helping Women, so many other groups out there that, you know, they have so much great support. And I have great, met so many other people in the business field. Like there's nothing like connecting with other business, like individuals like yourself. And regardless if you're in the corporate world and, you know, even if you're doing the business on the side, like those women, there's so many ranges of them out there on those support groups. So I definitely would recommend reaching out to them, giving them like, you know, ask a question because you'll be surprised of how many other people have the same question and how many response you may get and then you have them to just kind of bounce ideas and tips off so then you know before you know it it's like what you was afraid of you know you're up and running you know you're up and doing it and doing what you have to do so it's definitely having that leap of faith and confidence and motivation in yourself and I definitely would think um, seeing others like on social media and anybody you admire I think would definitely help you know you make your decision a little easier along the way as well. Mm-hmm. 100% like people need in general, like for business and just for life, people need the support, they need that community. Is there any specific ways because I'm very much big into like very tactical uh, things people can do? Is there any particular websites or platforms that you found really helpful in finding that support in that community? I'm sure. So the ones, the support groups that I'm particularly a part of on Facebook are Boston Business Women, um, Women Helping Women. I am also um, a part of like the podcast group on Facebook as well. And then, of course, for myself, I'm part of different groups with the disability, like living with limb girdle, muscular dystrophy, living with the chronic illness. And then what has honestly helped me, too, is just hashtagging, especially on Instagram, like just hashtagging chronic illness, hashtag disability awareness has definitely brought me a whole range of other individuals that I've met that helped me in my journey and I've connected to and we became friends and they've been my biggest supporters and I use them to bounce ideas and tips off of and also just hashtagging you know you can probably hashtag like HR hashtag corporate world and you would I would be surprised like of how many people would come up if you was to hashtag that and you can meet so many other you know individuals and I live now on Instagram you can now follow a hashtag so whenever post someone ever posts a hashtag that you're following it would show up on your feed. So I love that now as well. But um, yeah, just like probably type in even a search on Facebook and you'll be surprised. There's even like groups now for TV shows that we watch, which I love. Because I'm a part of all of them. So yeah, I would definitely research different groups and anything with business women, women helping women, you know, empowering each other, motivating each other, I think is awesome. So I would definitely recommend being a part of any of those kind of groups. Yeah, I love that. So it sounds like most of your groups are on Facebook and then also building community within the Instagram world. And I love that because you think of like community, it's like, oh, do I have to go to like a happy hour or like a meetup? And it's like, sure you can, but you can also meet all these amazing people on the internet. (laughs) Right. It's true. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So one thing I am curious about, and you can let me know if maybe I'm not even using the right words because I'm I'm certainly uh, aware that I 
don't know what I don't know, right? Is there any sort of language that people use as it relates to the communities that you're a part of that you would want them to change the way they say things or the way that they ask things? I think sometimes when we're not part of these communities, we don't necessarily get the words right and we knowingly or unknowingly, hopefully unknowingly, (laughs) make the wrong things that could upset or offend someone. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, that totally makes sense. And like I tell people, I feel like that is even still something I'm still learning to this day, because I feel like since since I was diagnosed at such a later age in my early 20s, I am now 34. So I feel like that's something I'm still learning. And I'm meeting other individuals that, you know, were kind of born with it, had it from childhood birth. But I know for me personally, I don't like it when people use the word cripple. I just kind of feel like, like what? Like, you know, just say like, yeah, she has a disability or you know, things like that. And then it's so interesting because the other day I was listening to another podcast and this girl with a disability said she doesn't like when people say she has a chronic illness. She was like, I don't have a chronic illness. I have a disability. And I thought that was interesting because I'm like, here I am. I'm living with disability, muscular dystrophy. And she had muscular dystrophy as well. And I'm like, wow. So have I been saying it wrong this whole time? Because I feel like I say disability and I also say chronic illness. So I kind of say both. So now after listening to her, I'm kind of like, hmm, I actually asked this, asked this question in this other support group that I'm on, like, what is the correct term? Like, does it matter? Like, am I saying it wrong? So, and then some people had the same thoughts I were. They was like, I honestly say both. Like, you know, it's honestly up to you. And I thought the same thing because I'm like, I looked at it as I have a disability slash chronic illness. So those two, I don't mind saying, you know, but I guess for others, that was interesting for me, to, you know, to hear her say that. So I'm like, here we are. I'm a part of this community, but I feel like I'm still learning new things each and every day, to be frankly honest. It's like, I'm still learning new things about this body and how the muscular dystrophy has progressed over time. But I definitely do not like when people say cripple. And I would definitely say if you see someone young parked at the handicapped spot, and I'm saying this because I've experienced that when I was able body, of course, like, you know, I didn't walk with no mobility aids or anything yet. And I would park at the handicapped spot, you know, going to work, work, like working in the retail field. And I would always get stared at in comments like, oh, my God, you're too young. Why are you parked there? You know, that's for older people. You're not supposed to park there. And it's like, you don't like, you know, you kind of never know what someone's dealing with. Like, I'm parked here for a reason. You know what I mean? Because it's like they don't just hand out these signs like like a flyer on the street. So I'm just like, obviously, I have this sign for a reason. So that kind of opened my eyes. And it's kind of like, wow, like you never know someone's story. You never know what someone's dealing with. Like someone could be parked at a handicapped spot because they have bad asthma. You know, it could be like the little like, you know, something so that you wouldn't know looking at them. You don't know it. So it's kind of like you never know someone's story. So I always like to say never judge or never like if you see someone in a wheelchair like another friend of mine in a wheelchair said don't like comment and say oh I'm praying for you or you know what happened just like not act so like like as if the person's dead I guess if I want to be like you know really honest like don't be like oh my god like as if the person's dying it's like yes you know we're still here we're living and we're trying to live our best lives it's like we're just yeah, just living it and taking it day by day. That's all I can do. That's all we can do. But that's my suggestions on that. But as I said, it's so interesting that I hear other people just like myself have other ways of how they say things. So it's like, I'm still, yeah, I'm still learning. I feel like myself every day. You know, absolutely. And I think that's a good point is we don't know each other's stories unless you actually like literally know someone, right? Yeah. I've seen people make comments about like, why are they parking in that particular spot? And I'm like, who cares? Like, it's none of your business. It's none of my business. Like, walk into Walmart, get your shit and go. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, you kind of never know why someone is parking in a spot, why are they walking the way they walk? Why are they 
you know, maybe look sad and it's like, you never know. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. When you say maybe they look sad, that literally just reminds me of like the millions of people here. Oh, just smile. I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. I should be quiet. <laughs> I'm out of time for this right now, but if I did, I would literally give you a TED talk right now. Right. That's awesome. Okay, so anything, I know I've asked you so many questions, and I appreciate all your time in answering them. Is there any questions that, or anything in particular that we haven't covered so far in our conversation that you think we should cover? Um, I just want to... I don't know if I slightly touched on it earlier, but just, you know, when I was diagnosed, I just always like to share the story of, you know, it's so interesting to see how far I've become. Because if you had asked me this a few years ago when I was first diagnosed, like, you should do see yourself, you know, opening up a business, sharing your story, speaking on different podcasts and different speaking engagements, I would be like, no way, because I was in total denial. And it's like total denial, meaning like when I started using a cane, when I would go on job interviews or when I went to work, I would tell them I sprained my ankle or I was in a car accident. I said between those two things, I never came out and said, oh, muscular dystrophy. That's how much in denial I was because I felt like saying muscular dystrophy, it made it seem real. Like, you know, I, I didn't know like what was going to happen. And then, of course, once we get, you know, these these um diagnoses from doctors, we go straight to Google. So that's what I'm doing, researching all this stuff. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So it's just like I'm I'm proud of the, the, the woman I have become now. And, you know, like I said, I still have my days and I'm still learning each and every day and I'm still taking it day by day. But, you know, I just like to share like how like I was just saying everything but muscular dystrophy, like in total denial. So I'm just like, so for me to be so open with it now, I like, wow, like, like, wow, I, I came definitely came a long way. Yeah, like, go, go me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I love that you're so open about it. That's a good point to bring up. What do you think really like helped you get from, you know, not being able to speak the words to now being like, hey, here's my story. I want to share it with people so it can help as many people as possible. Um, sure. So I think what definitely helped me is um during that time, one of my friends told me, why don't you write a blog sharing your story? And I just looked at him like, why would I do that? Like, I don't have muscular dystrophy. That's how much, you know, in the mindset and denial I was. And then I was like, I just kind of thought about it a little bit. And then I opened my laptop and I just started writing, talking about the symptoms of me falling, going to the doctor's appointments, all those emotions. And then it took at that moment as I'm typing it and saying it out loud. I'm like, wow. I have muscular dystrophy. Like that's crazy. It took that moment. It's like, never mind what the doctors were saying. It's like, you know, never mind them. And because I was thinking she had the test, the wrong test results. I'm like, well, she must have called the wrong person. Like, I don't have much. Like, what is muscular dystrophy? Nobody in my family seemed to have it. So as I was like typing it, I'm like, wow, I have muscular dystrophy. So that kind of like opened it up a little bit. And then for me to even share that then on Tumblr and on Facebook, social media, I got such great positive feedback and great support. And I mean, these were friends that I chatted to on a regular basis that they didn't because, you know, I wasn't even telling them because looking at me at the time, you wouldn't have known. So they're kind of like, wow, like I just like I just saw you. I didn't even know you had all that going on. So I just totally appreciated the support. And so that kind of helped me writing that blog and expressing my feelings. And that just kind of opened the door a little bit, not 100 percent at the time, but it definitely kind of eased it. And I'm like, okay, I have muscular dystrophy. Yeah, that's amazing. And when you started typing initially, Do you think you started typing out like your thoughts and your feelings with the intention of it being a blog or were you just trying to get it out? 
Um, I think I was because how my friends did mention I'm writing a blog. So I just honestly wrote on Microsoft Word because I, I think at that time, too, I just I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I'm like, am I really going to post this? What am I saying? And then I'm like, oh, my God, I got muscular dystrophy. So it's like all that was going through my mind. So I just honestly opened up Microsoft Word first. I think I then sent it to my friend. I wanted him to like review it and, you know, look at it if anything's like should change. And then I just boom, I just posted it. It was like one of those things like spur of the moment, like a leap of faith. And I'm just like, I'm just going to do it. Because I think at that moment, that's when I also mentioned like, all right, wow, I have muscular dystrophy. So then I figured, all right, let me let people know. So I just like, well, it was kind of like, you know, like when you post something and you're not sure, you're like, ah, so it was kind of like that. I posted that and then, you know, it just went from there. Oh, I love that. I have like the biggest smile on my face right now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) thank you. It's true. It's like, there's, uh, there's been so many episodes where I'm like, I don't know if I should post this. It's not exactly in line or maybe it's, you know, getting a little bit outside the box. And I'm like, nope. Right. It's going to help people. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then it's always the ones that you probably are doubtful about. And then you're like the ones that might end up getting like the most likes and the most comments. And I'm like, oh, so interesting. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Like if we don't ever take the leap, you know, and people as humans, right, we evolve. So it's like some things I think, oh, this is a little bit outside the box. And it's like, no, we're just we're all evolving. You know, our content, our thoughts, our ideas, the types of stories we want to share, the information we want to reveal, the conversations we want to have. So I think, yeah, amazing. Awesome. Anything else that you want to share or think that we should cover in our conversation today? Um, I think we might have covered, yeah, everything, I think, at this point. Yeah. All right. Well, tell people where they can find you. I love your story. I love your website. How can people find you? Where can they get in contact? How can they support you? All the things. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Check out my website. Check out all the goodies. I have face masks now. I have everything and I plan to do so much more. So you can check me out at girlschronicallyrock.com. I am also on Facebook under Keisha Graves. Then I have a business page, Girls Chronically Rock. And then please feel free to check me out on Instagram. I am under girlschronically underscore rock. So please feel free to send me a message, any questions or anything you want to chat. I totally respond. And yeah, let's have fun. And definitely, of course, check out the website. Awesome. And I know on the website, you can sign up for the email list and get a coupon code. So hint, hint. Yep, definitely do that. Yes, who doesn't love a coupon, right? I know I do. <laughs> I know. I even have the little thing in my browser that will search for coupon code. That's how much I love them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, that is the best. (laughs) It's amazing. Well, I'll have all the links to Facebook, Instagram, your website. I'll have everything below in the notes. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here and sharing your story uh, and educating us today. I really appreciate it. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. So thank you. All right. I hope everyone found that podcast to be just as amazing as I did. A huge, huge thank you to Keisha Graves for taking the time out of her busy schedule to chat with us and share her knowledge and her tips. I really appreciate it. If you have a topic you would like to have me cover on the podcast, definitely reach out. Let me know. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here, listening to the show, supporting it. I really appreciate you. You can find more information in the show notes 
notes below or over at stephdennis13.com. And if you want to learn how we can work together one-on-one, -on -one, you can head over to listen to careertalk.com for more information there. Uh, there are a few different ways to support the show. You can check out the merch over at Career Talk Swag, the Amazon Wishlist, PayPal, or Anchor if you want to make a donation. All of the links, of course, will be below. And if you are enjoying the show, please take a quick minute, leave a rating and or review for the show. It just helps others find us and spread the helpful information. And a huge thank you to everyone who has taken the minute to do that. I really appreciate it. You can find me over on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, StephDennis13, and then over at Instagram at Career Talk Podcast as well. We are written, produced, hosted, and edited by yours truly. You are so amazing. So awesome. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Bye-bye.